because dating isn't always great. I'm Amy Helt, and this is the Dating Disasters Podcast. Welcome back, everybody. I am thrilled to be recording this first episode of the Dating Disasters Podcast for the new year. Happy New Year, everyone. We made it 2021 even though sometimes it might've felt like we weren't going to, we did it. So welcome. I hope everyone's new year is off to just a really positive, happy, amazing start. And this is one of my favorite times of year for dating. I always felt like January is the time that people are really focused, I guess, on changing things. I mean, we all have resolutions, right? And I mean, some people's resolutions are to not do resolutions, but it's a clean slate. It's an opportunity to try something new, to start a new habit, to do something that you've really been wanting to do. And I think this year, especially because it's coupled with the pandemic that keeps dragging on, it's really a time where people who have realized that they want a relationship, are really starting to take action. So if you are someone who is online dating or getting ready to get back out there, I personally think you've picked an amazing time to do it. I think between now and maybe Valentine's Day, maybe a little bit after Valentine's Day, is the best time with the most people starting to date. So you have the best selection. So if you're one of those people, Good luck. I do have an online dating program at onlinedatingresults.com and at amyhelt.com where I first give you my seven best tips for online dating. They are the seven things that I did that will completely change your outcomes. They're simple to implement and you will see results really, really quickly if you actually implement my suggestions. It's the same blueprint I followed that made me love online dating so much. I also have the online dating results method program that's also available at onlinedatingresults.com and amyhelt.com. And that's more of a comprehensive program when you are really serious about getting the online dating results that you're looking for. So you can head over there, get my seven best tips for online dating and check out the program. There are gonna be some new programs released also this year. So there's a lot of excitement, at least in, in my world, building around online dating. So let's not forget though, that I have developed an entire podcast about the inevitable, and that's the dating disasters. Now I talk a lot about how Dating is a verb and it is something, it's actionable. You're actually doing it, but it's also very much a numbers game. And statistically speaking, every person you meet is not going to be a perfect match for you. And that's okay. I mean, I know it can be totally frustrating, especially when you have a string of dates that really just are not, you know, you're just not vibing with the guy or the girl but it's okay. You, you should expect that. In dating, you have to go on a lot of dates. You have to meet a lot of people 
to find the person that you're looking for. And I just want to remind everybody that what you're looking for is specific to you. It isn't, there, there is no standard. You can be looking for whatever kind of relationship makes you comfortable and makes you happy. No matter what that relationship is, you still have a process to go through to find that person and you are still gonna meet a lot of duds. That's just reality. But I find that that's the part that really discourages people. A lot of crappy dates, a lot of stupid emails, a lot of just not finding what you're looking for. And that's okay. Again, part of the process. You wanna see it through, you wanna stay focused, and you wanna continue to take action because eventually it's gonna pay off. So I went on a ton of dates when I was single and I am probably one of the few people that can actually say they genuinely loved online dating. And it took me a while to kind of figure out why I was really enjoying it, how I was having so much fun and meeting so many people that were right in line with the things I was looking for. But that doesn't mean that I didn't go on a bunch of dates or even have a bunch of relationships with people that ultimately turned out to not be a fit. And in some cases, I mean, <laughs> the story was a little bit ridiculous. Weird stuff happened. It's real life. So I was thinking the other day about a particular date I went on. And amazingly, my current partner, Sean brought this up to me. He actually reminded me that this happened because I had shared this with him probably when we first met. We met a very long time ago and something we had in common was online dating. So for me, a natural question when I was on a date from some, with someone that I had met online would just be to ask him how it's going, how their experience was, you know, what they thought about it. And this conversation just happened to come up when he and I were talking about our different experiences because for each of us, our experiences were not all that different, but they were viewed completely differently. Where I viewed everything as kind of an opportunity, if somebody was not what I was looking for, I just figured it's, again, a numbers game. It's part of the process. He, I think, reacted in a way that's much more common <laughs> and I think even holds people back a little bit more. And that was to just kind of establish that it's frustrating. You know, I'm not happy with the selection. I'm meeting women who are not really what I'm looking for. So anyhow, he reminded me of this story and I actually laughed out loud when I remembered it too, because at the time it was really significant. But to me, it was also kind of just chalk it up to another online dating disaster. And you know, if you've listened to episodes of the podcast before this, not every episode talks about a disaster as we automatically think about it. You know, not everything is just this oh my God, that's, that, that can't be real, that didn't happen. There are some episodes like that. There are other episodes where the disaster is something that has to do with literal humanity and it's kind of heartbreaking. And there are a bunch of experiences that I've had that fall in between that. So this is kind of 
an in-between scenario. So everybody, you know, survived, came out unscathed, which is excellent. But it really just speaks to needing to go out with somebody to kind of get the full picture of who they are and discover their unique, I'll say. I won't say weird, I'll say unique behaviors. And this was an online date. So I had a, a bunch of guidelines, a bunch of parameters that I would use when I would search for someone online. I am a huge proponent that if you are online dating, whether you are a man or a woman, no matter what you're looking for, you need to remember that you are in charge of the process. That means you need a very clear search strategy that you are willing to implement all the time. For me, I decided on parameters that I knew I needed in a partner. Now, we can get into a whole discussion. I could do a whole podcast on the ability to understand who you are, to be comfortable with it, and then to understand what you need and to be comfortable with that, what you need in a partner. I actually cover that in my online dating program in really great depth. But for today, I'm just going to kind of remind you to think about that. And that was the strategy I used. I had developed a set of parameters that I always used for things that were really important to me in dating someone. So I was using dating platforms. And as you know, I don't endorse anything on my podcast because I really think the platform and the person's needs are very subjective. It's very personal. Some people love a particular type of platform. Others don't. I used the ones that I felt worked best for me, that I enjoyed the most and that I had the most success with. So in this case, I could actually enter my search parameters and it would bring up all of the men within my geographic area that I had designated that fit that search. So I was already kind of cutting out a lot of the noise that might distract me, that might take up my time. I was really laser focused on people who had the things that I knew I needed and wanted. And at this particular time, I was a sales rep. I spent my entire career being a sales rep in the medical industry. So I noticed in, as I entered my search criteria that up came another sales rep. And I thought, oh, that's good. You know, we have that in common. That's pretty interesting. It wasn't a requirement for me. It just happened that that was the job that he had. And I looked at his picture and I read his profile and, you know, I was interested in learning more about him. And really, as luck would kind of have it, I could tell that he was online at the same time. You know, I was actually, I remember this day, I was actually working at home because I was on my laptop at my desk in my office and he was on too. So when I sent an email to him, I got a pretty quick response. So we spoke a little bit on email as you normally would, switched it over to telephone, and then we made plans to go on a date. In talking to him, he was, you know, he was lovely. He was fine. He was interesting enough that I wanted to get to the point to go on a date so I could learn more. Because you know how sometimes either it doesn't happen a lot over email if you are communicating that way, but a lot of times over the phone, you can tell that somebody is just not, not a fit. You get a feel from their energy, 
their tone, even the things that they talk about once they have you on the phone. So when you're dating and when you get to the phone part, if you still kind of feel interested in somebody, that's sort of a big deal. You know, make the plans to actually go out with them. So this guy and I made plans to go out. And as I had a policy, always, the first couple dates, I would either drive myself, take a taxi, take a Lyft, an Uber, whatever. I would never allow anyone to pick me up at my house. So we met at one of the casinos here. I live in Las Vegas, if you didn't know that. So we have a lot of really great dining choices and entertainment choices. But we met at a casino that was um, more of a locals casino, a little bit farther off the strip. So it would be a little bit more normal experience and not super packed. We could go to a really great restaurant and just have a little more peace and quiet. So we both show up for the date and fortunately he looked like his pictures, which I know most of you know is a really big deal. It happens a lot that people don't. So again, another hurdle to kind of get over but looked like his photos. I, of course, looked like mine because they were recent. So we hopped on the elevator and went up to the restaurant. So as we're talking, we're seated and the view is beautiful and we're just kind of chit-chatting, getting to know each other. And you've got two salespeople who are meeting each other and getting to know each other. And if any of you are salespeople or know salespeople, we tend to be extroverts. We have to be. We have to be talkers and socializers and have this desire to learn about people and to want to talk to people. That's what we do. That's the core of who we are. So the conversation was fine. It was flowing. We had some things in common. I couldn't get a good feel of, you know, of his energy, of his vibe. I really I wasn't feeling anything like that. I wasn't feeling, hey, this date is gonna go nowhere, but I also wasn't feeling like, wow, I really wanna learn more. Have you ever been in that position where you're learning more and you wanna ask more questions and you wanna give it a chance, but there's none of that immediate connection and there's also none of that immediate like, run away, see you later, I know this is not gonna go anywhere. So I was definitely in that in-between ground, which is really the appropriate place to be on a first date, right? I mean, that's why you're on a first date. It's a fact-finding mission, kind of. So, you know, server comes over, we talk, you know, we order some cocktails, water for the table. We're looking at the menu and I'm a vegan. So First, my date always has to make sure that we go to a place that can accommodate me. And I often have a limited amount of choices at the restaurant. I mean, sometimes, you know, I would go on a date to a vegan restaurant, which was awesome. But usually it was a, a regular restaurant that just had a vegan menu or had a couple of vegan options that generally my date would call and investigate before out of courtesy, which is really, that's really nice attention to detail. But, you know, my options are kind of limited. There are maybe on this menu three or four things that I can order, maybe one appetizer and maybe one or two entrees. So not a ton of stuff, right? No problem, because what was available sounded delicious. And always, I, as a fail-safe, I can just get a salad if that's what I have to do. No big deal. Not that worried about it. 
So the server comes to take our order. And I, of course, go first with my order. And I order my entree because that's what I'm getting. I'm eating my meal. So when I'm out to a restaurant, you know, I'm expecting my meal comes to the table, has a plate, I have a, a main piece, I have maybe a side dish, you know, a meal. So I ordered my entree <laughs> and then the server asked my date what he wants and he orders an appetizer. So I'm like, oh, perfect, because it was the vegan one. I figured he's starting with the appetizer, that's great. So as I'm, you know, setting my menu to the side, I hear him order the appetizer and then I hear him order what I think is his entree. Perfect. You know, whatever. I'm not even, I just know it's an entree. I'm not even really paying attention. I started to pay attention when after he ordered his entree, he proceeded to order about seven other entrees. So I'm like, huh, what the hell's going on? Like, it's weird. He's ordering. I don't know him that well. You know, if Sean did that now, I would be like, wait, what the hell are you doing? But I'm just kind of sitting there waiting to see what happens. And he is ordering these entrees. So now I'm thinking, wait, what's, is someone else joining us? Is this, what's happening? Like, you know, I thought we were only, we're at a table, we're at a four top because we wanted a view. Who's, who else is joining us for this dinner? It, it became very weird very quickly. So the server just is taking the order. I think she thinks it's kind of weird too. And we hand her the menus when he's finished and she walks away. And I was like, well, you know, that was a lot of entrees. And he said, well, yeah, I mean, you know, I thought we would try a couple different things. So, I mean, okay, except man, we are not at a tapas restaurant. We're at a high-end steakhouse. And things, entrees are, are not meant to be ordered like that. You know, these weren't the family style sides or the family style appetizers you might get at some restaurants, or it was not the shared for the table kind of thing. These were individual entrees. So I think it's completely weird. And now at this point, all I keep thinking is what kind of lunatic orders, you know, seven entrees and like one or I think maybe one or two appetizers. Even if you ordered about seven appetizers, I might not have thought it was so weird, but they were actual entrees. And he said, well, you know, I thought we would try some other things and then we could share. So now, okay, hold on a second. Because first, I'm an only child, so sharing is not really my thing. <laughs> I'm trying to get better now that I'm an adult but it still is not really my thing. And I have a limited amount of things I can eat. And I ordered one of the entrees that I could actually eat. So no dude, I am not sharing that with you. And you try to touch it and I'm gonna stab you with my fork. That's not what we're doing here. He didn't even think about that, I guess. I mean, to be honest, in, to this moment, I have no idea what he was thinking at all. Not at all. He just thought it was completely normal, like we were at a tapas restaurant, and that's how you're supposed to order. So I'm not really sure if that was something he would normally do, or if it was something he thought about doing to try stuff, 
or if he wanted to be impressed, you know, thought he was impressing me because you're paying 20, 25 bucks an entree and you ordered a ton of them. So our appetizer comes and I'm just like, okay, so already in my head, I'm thinking, this is weird. I don't even understand the logic here. So I'm kind of, you know, deciding this is not the guy for me. This date, you know, will be lovely. I will enjoy myself. I'll enjoy the meal. I'll enjoy the rest of the conversation. But something about that, I just thought was so weird and kind of hilarious because, you know, what are you doing? What's happening right now? So we finish our conversation, you know, our appetizer comes, we have our cocktail and he's pleasant company for sure. We did have things in common. He was in a completely different industry. Um, he was in the chemical sales industry and I was in the medical. But again, when you're salespeople, you have that, that in common because the core of what you do is really the same. And our appetizer was lovely. And then the entrees start to arrive. So the server and the assistant start bringing all of these plates. And again, we're not at a terribly large table, right? So now we've got a serving for like seven people, eight if you count my entree, and we're at a four top, <laughs> and we have already our appetizers. So now we're getting really crowded. Plates are everywhere, food is everywhere. And they bring my entree and they set it down, not in front of me, but with the rest of the food, like it's tapas or a buffet or something screwed up like that. So I actually quickly grab my plate and set it right in front of me, kind of like, don't touch my stuff because all of these other things I can't eat. And I'm, I ordered this and it is mine. The other plates are yours. And as he starts to eat, trying a little bit of this and a little bit of that, he's you know, asking, oh, you should try this, you should try that, it's really good. Are you gonna try any of this? And I just kept reiterating, no, because every dish had meat in it. So not only was it seven entrees, it was seven entrees that I couldn't eat even if I wanted to try them. So this poor schmo was left with seven entrees. So as I'm eating my entree, I did not ask him if he wanted to try any. I figure you've got seven other plates, you don't need mine. And my meal was actually delicious, but I was not about to give up that plate that I wanted put down in front of me because I'm at a restaurant and I ordered my individual dinner. So we finish eating of course, the restaurant had to do take-home containers that he had to take because the amount of waste, the amount of things he didn't get to was just amazing and honestly, almost shameful. I really hope that he just had really good lunches for the next couple days because there was a large amount of food, well more than even seven people would have needed. And I would have just you know, the thought that that would go to waste was just really embarrassing and upsetting, honestly. So we get to dessert and they do have a vegan option on the dessert menu. So I get that and he gets his own and he must have been just completely stuffed from his, 
his tapas because he did not even try to eat my dessert, which was totally fine. And, you know, he pays the bill, he collects all of his belongings, and we head down the elevator. So at this point, on a date, you know, when you're on a dinner date and you have a couple cocktails and a really nice dinner and really nice conversation, the date doesn't necessarily need to end then. And, you know, I live in a 24-hour town, so it could be 3 o'clock in the morning and the night doesn't need to end if you want to go do something else or, or see something else. But as we headed down the elevator, I just kept thinking, you know, I, this is not our date is over. And I was actually kind of thinking of a really polite way to just end the date because I could tell by the way he was talking to me and acting, he thought the date was fine. He didn't think anything was weird about these seven entrees or even that I mentioned that it's not a tapas restaurant. It's a steakhouse. What are you doing? Or the bags of take home that he had to lug. I mean, it looked like he had been to the grocery store. <laughs> And it's a date, you know? So we walk out and I had actually parked at a different part of the entrance than he had. So he said, you know, my car's closer. Let me just drive you over to yours. So I really didn't think anything of that, right? Now, you know, now I would say no thank you and I would just walk to my own car. But at that time, I wasn't really getting any kind of weird, creepy feeling from him. Although just a reminder that some of the most successful killers are good because they don't give you that vibe. So just as an aside, let's all just be a little bit safer. So I wouldn't suggest getting into someone's car when you really don't know them. That night, for some reason, I was like, okay, that's fine. You know, you can just drive me over to my car. And I'm thinking this is going to be great because I'm going to have a really simple way to just get out of this then. He's going to take me to my car. So he's kind of on board that this date is ending, which is totally cool. And we get into his company car and, you know, before he starts the car, he's talking, you know, we're talking a little bit and I'm like, okay, well, you know, I think just drive me over to my car. The date's over, you know, no big deal. And of course he takes this opportunity to try to make out with me. Now, how many people have been in this situation? You've either been the guy who's like, hey, I like this girl. It's been a nice date. Let me try to make out with her. Or the girl who's been on a nice date and the guy tries to make out with her. Um, it's always awkward when one person really isn't interested, right? <laughs> so politely, I had to be like, you know, I just really, that's not what I'm feeling right now. You know, if you don't mind, just take me to my car. Or I can go back inside and just walk out the other exit, no big deal. So, you know, very being the gentleman he was, very polite, took me to my car, I got out, you know, we said, you know, let's talk later, had a nice time, thank you very much. Because I really didn't have a bad time. And that's really the weird thing about online dating. You know, I've been on dates where it's kind of like, oh, oh no, you know? And I've been on other dates where it's amazing. And I've been on a bunch of dates in between where it's not really a, you know, I just, I need to get out of here. Like I'm trying to figure out an, an exit route. It, this, there was just nothing wrong with this date. He was lovely. He was just weird because that's not a normal way to behave at dinner. It's not a normal thing to do. 
And it kind of tells me that if we're going to do something weird like this, either you don't know how to impress someone or you're just weird. And that's okay. That's not my kind of weird. So, okay. So go home. You know, I, I thanked him for the date. Always very polite. Thanked him for dinner. And the next day I was working and I actually just had the dating app open on my, actually it was on the website because I was on my laptop and I could see that he was online. So he actually messaged me through the dating app. Hey, what are you doing? How's it going? Had so much fun last night. So again, you have my phone number, just text me, no big deal, or call me. But, you know, I, I told him I was just really busy. You know, we were working from home. I was working on a project and had really to, to kind of buckle down and focus. He wanted to go out again. I said that, you know, with travel and other stuff, because at that time you could travel and we weren't all stuck working from home like we are now. But I, I just kind of put it off very politely. You know, maybe when my schedule frees up a little bit, maybe. Because, you know, you always want to be conscientious to not hurt someone's feelings. When you are rejecting someone, you can do it and still be really, really polite. And that's something I always tried to do was to remember that, you know, how I would want to be treated. If I went on a date with someone and they didn't want to see me again, I wanted them to tell me and I wanted them to be polite about it. And the thing we all have to remember when we're dating is that when somebody doesn't want to go out with you again, when you have a first date and somebody says, oh, you're just not for me. Okay. That isn't a big deal at all you really just are not for that person. That person, just like you, has personal preferences that they want in a partner, and you're just not it. That doesn't mean there's anything wrong with you. That just means that you're not a fit for them and they know it, so okay, move on. Not a big deal. We have all been on both ends of that conversation. But I, I always encourage people to just be respectful and be considerate. You know, say it to someone as you would want it said to you. So my job, fortunately, I was always quite busy. So if I did kind of end up on a date with someone that I did not want to see again and they wanted to reschedule, I was able to kind of gently put them off. And then as, you know, a couple days went by, I could actually tell them, you know, now that I've had time to think about it, I just didn't think we were a fit. At that point, when you've only been out with them once or when you haven't even gone out with them yet, you don't really owe an explanation of why you don't want to go out again. You know, you're not really, you don't, you haven't developed a relationship, but I do think it's really good practice to always be considerate and polite. But with Tapas Papa, as I like to call him, uh, I started to notice when I had my online dating website open when I would be working from home, he was constantly online. So now I know he could say the same thing about me probably because I would just open it and I would browse a little bit, you know, and then I would just leave the window open while I would walk away and, and be working on other stuff. So that is totally possible. But I think about that story since I was reminded about it and just how sometimes when you're on a date, you do just see a side of a person that, you know, helps you make a decision. I never went out with him again. Um, he asked, I think, once after that, and I politely declined. And 
that was kind of it. So I really just hope that he learned <laughs> that it looks weird and it isn't something that's funny or entertaining and that I wasn't at all impressed by someone who could just afford to pay for seven entrees. I actually thought it was kind of ridiculous that you would waste your money on that. I thought how foolish that was. But I mean, sometimes that is just how it goes. And you know, being in the field of sales, especially in medical sales, I had also been on dates with men who didn't really understand what I did and didn't even really ask a lot of questions, which I always found really funny. I have a lot of female clients who are very successful, business owners, um, well-established in their careers, very successful with the companies they work with or for. And they have a common thread, and it used to happen to me too. When you operate at a certain level, sometimes other people don't know how to respond to that. And I don't know if it's, I mean, I speak about it from the experience of being a woman and when I would meet men. So, I mean, I would imagine it might work in the reverse, but it really seemed, especially in our city, that when you are yourself established and you're looking for someone else who is established, that it's sometimes hard to meet those people. And I remember, and I, I think about these two stories together because they happened at the exact same hotel, <laughs> which is hilarious, but um, they stick out in my mind one right after the other and two totally different people, two totally different um, fields of work. You know, we had the sales rep and this other guy was in real estate, which was cool. So we met and we actually, before we were going to eat dinner, we had a drink at the bar and we were talking and good looking guy, really polite, really friendly, pretty interesting, you know, also looked like his photo. So that was a bonus. And we're talking and he is going on and on and on about what he does for a living. So, okay. I mean, you're in real estate. It's interesting. I don't know much about it beyond, you know, I live in a house, but, um, it's interesting. So that's cool. And you're getting to know someone. So it's important to let them talk about their experiences and how they spend their time and, and to share that with you. So on a date though, usually both people are getting to know each other. So he's going on and on and on, and I'm just sipping my drink, listening, smiling and nodding. You know, I had asked a couple questions in the beginning but as it became clear that he was just going to drone on about it, I stopped asking questions. You know, I was still paying attention. I didn't, I wasn't on my phone or anything like that. And then he finally gets to a point where he asks me what I do for a living. And I explained to him that I'm a surgical device rep. So I'm actually in the OR with surgeons during surgeries when they're using my product to help direct them. And he stared at me blankly for a minute and was like, oh. And right away, instead of saying anything, like how long have you been in that field? 
oh, that sounds kind of cool. What devices do you sell? He went right back to real estate. And in that moment, that shift of the conversation showed me two things. First, there's, there's something, he doesn't have the capacity maybe to be interested or understand or care to learn more about what I do for a living. Okay, that was my first impression right off the bat. My second impression that followed that right away was he didn't ask me any questions because he didn't know what questions to ask, even though they could just be very basic and have nothing to do with the specifics of what I do. And he had to turn right back to why his real estate career was so great, which to me signals massive insecurity. And by the way, a complete turnoff. I mean, when you date someone who's insecure, you spend a lot of time diminishing who you are, trying to um, dim your shine instead of just being able to really embrace who you are and be celebrated because someone else has to feel more important. And that is a, um, to me, a very bad quality. I would never want it in a partner. And I don't even want to be on a date with it. But here I was, right? So, okay. So he's going on about real estate. I'm still sipping my drink. And after about another five minutes, we decide to go downstairs to the pool where they have, you know, outside, they have a DJ and a bar, etc. So I thought, okay, I'm going to go have one more drink. And then there's not going to be dinner because based on that interaction, this is not going to go anywhere. And I'm not really going to be interested in putting in any effort other than to just be polite. So we go downstairs and outside and I ran into actually someone I had known from years ago. So that was nice to run into one of my friends. But we go up to the bar and, you know, I and I introduce my date politely and we talk just for a minute and then move on. Uh, we go up to the bar and he orders the drinks and he has cash. So, okay, no problem. So he pays in cash. And the bill for two drinks was, I don't know, say $10, $15, something like that, you know. He had exact cash. So he just put down the exact cost, took his drink, handed me mine, and then started to walk away. And I was like, wait a minute. He was not even going to tip the bartenders. What? And I mean, again, living in Las Vegas, a huge part of our economy and our industry is based on tips. You just don't not tip people. You tip them. And to watch someone on a date who didn't know to do that and left exact change and then just walked away like it was completely normal really sealed the decision that I would not be going out with him again. So needless to say, after that cocktail got finished, you know, I brought the date to an end. It was lovely to meet you. You know, I've really got to get going and, you know, have a good night, shake hands. And that was pretty much it. I was on my way. What I find so hilarious was that, you know, two, three months later, I actually got a message from him that he saw that I was back online at some point and wanted to know if I would like a second date. And I thought, oh, I need to work on my, my 
I don't want to call it rejection technique, but my kind of close out the opportunity technique a little bit better. And of course, I did not want to go out for a second date. Why would I with someone who really, uh, you know, is, is very focused on what they're doing and not really aware, interested, able to ask questions to find out about what somebody else is doing. And honestly, the no tipping, that is just embarrassing. If you are someone who goes out and you don't know how to tip, or you're asking to borrow money for your meal, I mean, what are we doing here? You know, what are we doing? Do not ask someone out on a date if you cannot afford to pay for the date. The irony of both of these really is how polar opposite they were, right? happened within a short amount of time at the same place one was spending unnecessarily spending extra money to try to be impressive and one didn't even spend what he should have to just be normal <laughs> not even impressive just baseline so every time i pass by this hotel casino i automatically think of those two and just the experiences I had. I think it is so important to remember that not every date is going to be good. Not every date is going to be a shit show, of course, but there are going to be a lot of dates like these two that are, you know, in, in one case, there, there was nothing, the guy was just kind of weird. You know, okay, I mean, you order extra entrees. Okay, that's weird, but I mean, is that, are you killing people? No, well, presumably not. So, okay, is this just a quirk that I could get over? I decided it wasn't, and that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that because that was my decision to make. And then you have the other guy who didn't lack the confidence, knowledge, or awareness to be able to even understand or get to understand what I do for a living, and then didn't even recognize how you have to interact with the service industry. I mean, a tip is just polite. It's good manners. It's just how we do things and to not even understand that. So no matter what your reason is for not wanting to go out with somebody again, it may not even make sense to your friends or your family, your parents, whatever. It doesn't have to make sense to them. It only has to make sense to you. And this time of year, January and February, with so many people and their New Year's resolutions to, to get online and to meet someone, people coming through this pandemic, deciding that they don't want the relationship they have, so they're moving on from it, or maybe they've been experiencing this pandemic without a partner and now they decide they want one because of that. They now value that where maybe before they didn't. If you're dating online now, you're going to have a lot of choices. And who you pick or why you go out with someone or why you choose to not go out with someone is up to you. I really just encourage you to be polite, to be, um, to be yourself, and to kind of treat people like you would want to be treated because nobody likes rejection. But you don't have to make excuses for who you are. You don't have to justify who you are or what you choose. There's nothing wrong with who any of us is. 
it's not about being a certain way or being a certain thing. It's just about being true to yourself. And that is just the very core of having success and getting the online dating results that you really want. So while these episodes with these two guys weren't some of my most ridiculous dates, <laughs> I mean, chalk them up because little weird shit still happens and makes dating interesting and frustrating and fun all at the same time. So I'm going to encourage you to head over to OnlineDatingResults.com and get my seven best tips for online dating. And like I said at the beginning, they are the seven core elements that are really going to help you completely change your outcomes. My approach is totally different. So if you've been saying to yourself, I'm not meeting the right person, why am I attracting the wrong guy or the wrong girl? It's because you're not implementing some of my very best ideas. Online dating is a, a, a complete experiment in marketing, in marketing yourself. And you have to remember who your audience is, but you also have to remember who you are. So head on over to OnlineDatingResults.com Get my seven best tips for online dating. Learn more about my course, The Online Dating Results Method, and stay tuned for some additional courses that are going to be released um, coming up in the next few weeks. Thank you so much for joining me for this first episode of 2021. I'm really just wishing you a bright, happy, peaceful, joy filled new year with lots of excitement and adventures and, um, and really great opportunities with online dating. I'll see you in the next episode.